Hello and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends and a guest have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract themselves from the inevitable passage of time and their own rapidly waning ability to relate to the youth. I am Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Valero. And I'm Derek. Whoa! What? Hey! Our first returning guest. Yeah, kind of. I mean... Kinda. He, he was, Still counts. He's technically the the first guest we had, just only Luke was there for that those particular sections where Derek was showed up. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? You guys were there, you were just sitting in the corner staring. Oh, yeah. It was a rigorous pre-screening process. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Metal Sonic was staring at us menacingly. <laughs> yeah, the, the pre-screening process was, do you know Pinball, and have you been in episode 9 of Sonic F? <laughs> <laughs> it was a very short list. So for today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. We're calling this the uh, Sonic Newbie Education uh, episode, and we're hoping to turn this into a bit of a fun series. Um, and, you know, just to say this straight up front, this is all in good fun. This is not to poke fun at anybody who does or does not know anything about Sonic lore or anything. Because as you've heard from this podcast over the last year and some change, there's a lot to go over. We're not going to hold anybody to the same standards as some of us. <laughs> Look, like, we can't make fun of people for not knowing about Sonic. That is a virtue in life, uh, to not be this in, <laughs> d- d- be this deep into the blue hedgehog world. Like, in fact, yeah, we're actually ruining people by teaching them things about Sonic. We just know it's too true. much about this, and we're happy to share this knowledge with people who are better off before. But, uh, and, and speaking of which, hello, Derek. Hey. <laughs> I enjoyed life so much more than I am uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> most, actually, most guests have that effect when they come on this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, Derek, just to establish a baseline, what is your general experience with Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, so, I was raised in a Nintendo household. I had extremely limited exposure to Sonic the Hedgehog in any major capacity. Uh, the only place I really got to engage with Sonic was like McDonald's play places. I miss mm. those days. If, if you can, if you recall that back in the day where they'd have Sega Genesis set up and you could play Sonic Spinball and the other games that were on the Genesis. Um, by the time Sonic went multi-platform and I was making purchases for myself, I feel like I had never connected with Sonic as a franchise and had never really continued to engage with it. Except the times where I forced you to. Yes. <laughs> but aside from that, nothing. <laughs> until today. It, until right now. I haven't thought about Sonic the Hedgehog in 14 years. And honestly, after this, I'm hoping to go another 14. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to have things to aspire to. Sorry to break the streak. It's like learning a language in school. You, you really, you, you know, you pick it all up and then you forget about it the moment you leave school. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> Can attest. <laughs> Except for this has no, <laughs> this has no functional use whatsoever in the real world. Uh, but we're teaching you it anyway. Are you kidding me? I'm putting this on my LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, then I'll know not to hire you anywhere. This guy knows about Sonic. <laughs> All right, so I think the way we're gonna do this is we're gonna go back and forth. We've got a couple of questions of our own to see, you know how much Derek has absorbed from just general cultural osmosis. But the core of this is Derek has pulled together a list of questions about 
Sonic and Sonic-related accessories that what? he has been curious about, and we are going to do our very best to try and answer them to the best of our ability. So, Derek, is there any question you want to start out with to quiz us, let's say? I love when we give people, give our guests homework to do. That makes it really feel like a school. Exactly. <laughs> so, I would love just to uh, establish a baseline with each of you. Uh, I would love to tell, I would love for you to tell me, what is the appeal? What is it about Sonic the Hedgehog as a franchise that attracted you to it and has kept your attention for the duration of your participation in its fandom? Oh, we're getting personal already. (laughs) I think for me, the appeal of Sonic has been something that has grown in different facets over the years. When I was a kid, it was simply just the, the gameplay looked really cool. You see this blue character on screen going fairly fast and doing cool jumps and breaking robots and stuff. It just appealed to me, especially as a kid growing up watching Saturday morning cartoons where probably at least half of them had anthropomorphized. Wow, that's a hard word to say. Anthropomorphized. (laughs) It had furries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, that's why I just switched to saying furries. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) They had furries doing cool stuff. Um, as I got older, it, like the the appeal grew into different things. Like uh, in high school, a good honestly a good portion of it was the the really awesome rock music, especially because I was also coming into my own of like appreciating music that wasn't played on the radio. Um, and then going forward, it was it, it honestly became even more about the community. Like I was able to meet these guys because of Sonic. And also, I've just, I'd like, throughout the years, I still enjoy the gameplay, of course, but even into adulthood now, um, in my 30s, it's still very much about the community. Like, I have friends both here and all around who I can talk to about Sonic in varying degrees and just enjoy that sense of community. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> it's really hard to do this without, like, you know, completely reiterating everything we said on episode one of this podcast. <laughs> but... <laughs> But it is kind of, you know, very, it is very much of a piece with that where it's like, you know, when we were growing up, it was kind of hard not to just be surrounded by Sonic stuff. Like I was largely a Nintendo kid, but, you know, even though I wasn't really playing the games outside of at friends' houses, you know, Sonic was on TV, Sonic was on the comic racks, there were Sonic toys everywhere. It was just kind of... Sega's big marketing push really, really worked for those of us who came up during the 90s. So it's hard not to, you know, have a lot of affinity there and see. And like, you go back, Sonic is just, Sonic and all of the characters around him are just really, they're really slick designs that hold a lot of appeal, especially to kids who did grow up in that kind of Looney Tunes era of a lot of anthropomorphic characters but this one had a little bit of edge to him. And I think, and I feel like, you know, the Sonic design, even in its redesigns has been fairly timeless, which is part of the reason why when it does change drastically, it's still recognizable as, you know, Sonic, it's still got those core elements. So there is sort of that continuity there, even if you are someone, a lapsed fan coming in much later. And it's also been cool that, you know, to extend on what Jake talked about with community, seeing a lot of the people who also grew up as fans becoming the creatives working on like the extended media or even the games themselves and putting in those elements that they loved as a kid or that they wish they could have seen. And it becomes like 
this really kind of for the fans, by the fans thing, especially when you get into like the comic series and the movies and stuff like that. And it's been really interesting to see how the franchise has kind of changed over the years. And I think that's part of the reason why I've continued to stick with it, even during the dark times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard not to just echo all of that. Like, I, if I could add something different other than just to say, like, oh, ditto, yeah, I met so many cool friends and we like Sonic and that's why it's made it. I, Sonic has always been connected to, like, the creative parts of my life like i remember um getting introduced to video games as a very young age i think like my parents bought me a secondhand nes when i was like three or so and it wasn't until a couple years later that i actually started to play them and so when um i finally got introduced to sonic it was just an instant like oh this character is cool like i always liked uh mario and and still do and it always felt like i was like a kid in both worlds i was you know i always liked both and didn't want to see them fight but sonic just inspired so much creativity to where i have i i, I still have somewhere like boxes and boxes of like uh pieces of paper that i drew sonic on when i was guy as young as like five all the way up into ten you know etc etc and like drawn sonic for decades of my life and also became part of like um voice acting eventually like reading the credits like putting a vhs tape in my uh tv combo that my dreamcast was hooked up so i could record the credits and read all of the actors names and somehow like in the early days of the internet like find out who they are and like what the studio was and that's when i started recording my own voices and copying lines and then even of course like it, it goes without saying that like yeah getting involved with with sonic shorts after being on sonic forums for years before that and meeting you know some of my longest friends from that and like having collaborations with other artists to where we are like exchanging work and like working together to make like funny internet videos it's just like i realize oh this this goofy blue hedgehog and he does get goofy at times has been a catalyst for that and so i i think that's why and yeah again to echo what what jake and luke have already said like it is also cool to see people some who i have been able to interact with directly online like go on to work directly with the franchise like whether it's the comics or doing animations for the games or music and whatnot and i i think whatever like ups and downs sonic goes through as a franchise or as a corporate entity i'll never be able to get over <laughs> for lack of a better term get over all the in uh inspiration the little blue bastard has given me in my life yeah also the games were really good you know like, yeah. <laughs> once upon a time, there were lots of really consistently good Sonic games, uh, and we still get some now, but um, I think that, like, that was a contributing factor. They're also the games he was in, uh, yeah. but at least back then. And don't get me wrong, like, we've had some good ones, but, you know, uh, pop the, the internet as a whole probably knows Sonic better for not having quite as good games, but you see, the good ones were so good that we don't care. <laughs> we will <laughs> we will complain about the bad stuff, but you know, when it was when Sonic is as good as he can be, man, I don't know if there's a franchise quite like him. Uh it's something special. 
Plus, he's really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. I, I think that is also worth saying is there, there there isn't a lot out there like Sonic. Like, I only feel like it's now that, again, we are getting... Um, we are getting fans of Sonic who have taken the core mechanics that they love and are now creating their own games. That's only been like the last couple of years. Like there's been a lot of mascot platformers over the, the decades. There isn't a lot that just plays like Sonic, whether from the like original era or the modern era. And it's also just a huge difference in the quality of a lot of these newer releases versus the stuff that was trying to compete directly back in the day as well. Like there's a bit of a gulf between, you know, Freedom Planet and Awesome Possum Kicks Dr. Machino's butt. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Uh, How about another one? Sure. You got it. So uh, actually, I'm going to bounce around on my question list here. Uh, Someone had just mentioned that the games have been inconsistent as of late, that we are getting some of the best Sonic we've ever gotten. Uh, the Sonic Cycle, <laughs> uh, the meme. Is the Sonic Cycle still relevant? Was it ever relevant? I feel like when I was younger, I saw it and I believed it because I was an idiot. And I would immediately dismiss any new Sonic game because lol Sonic cycle. In your opinions, does that does that still hold true today? Did it ever hold true? Is it a meme that grew beyond just being a joke and almost took on its own reality? Mm. I, I yes, I think the answer to your question is yes and no mm-hmm. because. And not to sound too hoity-toity here, uh, but also it's one of those that's so vague that you can almost make anything fit into it. But I think the feelings of it are pretty genuine as far as, like, the, the I remember one of the first big uh, reoccurring jokes on here is anytime we bring up uh, Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces, or even Sonic Generations, I think, to where it started, where... In the lead up to Sonic Forces, which is a pretty universally like mid game, like even if you really like it, you agree that it's not the best. Um, that was the follow up to Sonic Generations, which lots of people really liked. It reviewed pretty well, like even outside of the, you know, Sonic fans. And the sheer audacity to say, well, they nailed it in Generations. There's no way they're going to mess up the follow up to this game, especially since they also put out Sonic mania and well yeah that that's how that turned out the forces is not as good a game as generations i think that's okay to objectively state and so i i definitely think the feelings behind the sonic cycle which everybody knows exactly what you're saying i think the earliest version i saw they swap out the games every time i think the earliest one i saw was sonic heroes uh which was like all the way back in 2003 but no, I, I think it is, it's very reductive, and yeah, it is part of the, um, you know, it's part of where we get to be a little self-righteous as obsessed Sonic fans and talk about, like, <laughs> you know, people post that just to be mean, saying, like, yeah, well, here's what's gonna happen, you dumbos, and you're like, hey, you don't get to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we get to say that, it's fine for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, to be fair, there was a pretty rough stretch in the mid 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's not get that twisted. But at the same time, it's like a lot of the examples cited in the Sonic Cycle graphic that goes around are generally like 
a lot of stuff from that time period. And so much of the talent has changed so much of like kind of the stuff around Sonic has changed over the years that you can't really objectively just kind of say that anymore. Like it is a lot of times it really is kind of 50, 50, whether something is going to kind of fulfill the Sonic cycle or defy it. It's really reached a point where, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's going to hit, sometimes it isn't, but nothing is a certainty anymore. So it's just kind of like, I remember years and years ago when people said, you know, the three Bs that can never do wrong, Bethesda, Bioware, and Blizzard. And, you know, look now. <laughs> hey, the, Bioware did a Sonic game and look how that turned out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the last thing I wanted to say on that is I, I can only speak for myself, and I'm not saying I'm an expert. I just know a little bit of the guts of it. I know too much about how games are actually developed to be that dismissive on a bunch of people's work, and also not to know that at the end of the day, it's probably the people that make the most money off of Sonic games that are forcing these teams to work under tight deadlines without resources that other studios have that leads to quote-unquote bad games like i i can't remember where i first heard it but it was someone that said like you know and i think this go it might have even been in connection to movies but yeah nobody sits down at a planning meeting and says let's make a bad video game and you know i i never let that tangle up with like my legit criticism i have for the series but i do try and keep that in mind that video games even especially outside of sonic are made by people and like it you know it's it's not (laughs) it's not their fault if something went that horrendously wrong it's usually that they were led by people who chose to compromise well, the best like the best contribution the Sonic Cycle has had to Sonic in general is its <laughs> usage in IDW comics by Doctor Starline in actual <laughs> yeah. dialogue to refer to the uh, the the cycle of Sonic coming to stop Eggman's forces, and <laughs> uh, he affectionately refers to as the Sonic Cycle. Um, very good, thank you, Ian. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably a good point to transition into the first of our little quiz segments. I know, Chris, you have been preparing some of these, again, to see how much Derek has just absorbed from cultural osmosis to, you know, see what his general sonic knowledge base is like. And so we're going to... We've got a couple of different uh, quiz categories lined up. I'm going to let you pick which one you want to do, Chris. Might as well do them in order. Um, so these are really, really considerate and fair uh, selections of questions that I provided for people who don't know much about Sonic. And I feel that you will not get frustrated or upset by any of these whatsoever. And uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll learn something. It's a good. I feel like at least the first one which I've got in mind, which is called ABCD Station, which is a Sonic reference you won't get. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be a bunch of multiple choice questions, uh, and uh, we'll we'll just see how you score based on your basic Sonic knowledge. Multiple choice means I have a fighting chance. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you have experience with multiple choice quizzes. I've been to your convention panels. Oh, interesting. <laughs> hey, it works for the ACTs. It'll work here. <laughs> okay, I have a list of ten questions here. Um, let's just get right to it. 
Alright, the first multiple choice question. Question number one. What is the first level in Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis? Is it A. Grey Hole Zone? B. Green Hill Zone? C. Emerald Hill Zone? Or D. Emerald Coast Zone? That is B. Ding, ding, ding! Yeah! That is correct. Pretty basic one. I think a lot of people will know that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope so. All right, we got yes. that perfect score going. Yep. Ten in a row. We got this. <laughs> I think you I think you might. You have a standing. You have a chance here. All right. Luke, yeah. just just keep sending me the answers, buddy. Thank you for that. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten it without you. Just shut just, up. Just just keep tweeting. Who's co- who's coughing in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we should have set up like a phone a friend and stuff like that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you guys are the only friends I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right here. You're all here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number two. What is Tails the Fox's real name? Is it A, Martin Fowler, B, Magnus Tower, C, Miles Prower, or D, Eugene Wilson? Uh, that is C. Yeah, Correct. wow, good job. <laughs> A pun that I did not get until I was like 12. <laughs> That's a good one. Buddy, I didn't get it until I was 30. I was about to say, like, it was I. It was only a couple years ago that I read it out loud to myself and went, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, like me and Phoenix down and realizing, oh, yeah, yeah. down. Oh. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm just, I'm just Dang it. It's like a, like, a fe- like a feather, you know, like a part yeah, down. Like down. Oh. oh, I thought it was because your ally was down on the ground. That's no. how I originally <laughs> interpreted it. That's what wow. I thought, too. I thought it was just like a weird translation thing. No, they're, they're talking about like actual phoenix feathers. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And phoenixes do the thing. Yeah, we know. Okay. I want to go phoenix <laughs> down pillow. Oh, that sounds so comfortable. I'm currently replaying through Final Fantasy X right now, so now it's going to affect my entire world. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. <laughs> Okay, question number three. Uh, let's see how this goes. Which one of these games is a Sonic the Hedgehog game? Is it A, Sonic Free Riders, B, Super Sonic Racer, C, Sonic Alpha Selection, or D, Sonic Loop? Uh, that is A, Sonic Free Riders, and I believe it just received a community patch that took all of the Connect crap out. Oh, yes. wow. And correct. <laughs> Man, I was getting ready to jump in there with that. Dang. Yeah, nice, <laughs> Are you nice. sure you're qualified for this episode? <laughs> no, I don't know. There's a bit too much. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll I'll have to post that in our show notes. Yes. From what I understand, Sonic Freeriders has received a patch uh, by by a, a fan to be controlled with and be completable with a normal gamepad. Wow. Yeah, we that's... all know that the only good connect game is NBA Baller Beats. <laughs> ah, NBA, NBA Baller Beats. Self defense that... training course, close run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you only need the remix for that. Like as long as you got that, you don't need to play the actual game. Pop to the groin. Pop, pop, pop to the groin. Kick him in the dick, kick, kick in the dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Ah. Kick dudes in the dick, kick dudes in the dick. Ah. Dick, 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 d
I know. I'm pretty sure I used mine mostly for turning my uh, Netflix off from across the way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could you could say like Netflix next episode, and I probably did that too, like a jackass. <laughs> we still break out the connect for Star Wars Connect. The, oh. the, the dance central <laughs> with the serial number filed off is inspired. <laughs> that Han Solo song that they stole from MC Chris. By the way, those uh, other um, game names I listed are all indie games I found on Steam that had Sonic in the title but have nothing to do with Sonic. Uh, so just putting out the credit for that. So credits to them. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay, perfect score so far. Let's see how you do on question number four. What is Sonic's favorite food? Is it A, cheeseburgers? Is it B, chili dogs? Is it C, chow mein? Or D, chashu ramen? Uh, it is B. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. Yeah, that is way in the public consciousness, which I, I'm actually happy about, because that was a thing from my childhood that now everyone knows. <laughs> that is a very American Sonic thing that they finally looped back into the games around, like, 2007, 2008. Yeah, so so interesting. This is great, because I can actually just take this question off the list right now. Uh, what the hell is up with Chili Dogs? <laughs> uh... So I think the idea was like in some of the earliest production Bibles, it just said that Sonic was super into fast food because, you know, flash style, he needed the calories because of all the fat he was burning from running so much. And I think they just ultimately ended up settling on chili dogs for the cartoons and by extension, the comics. And then that gradually like became such a public consciousness thing that it looped back into like the mainline games from Japan and is now just a consistent thing across all media. Yeah, it's it's always been a little fascinating because I guess Sonic was contemporary with a lot of the um oh gosh, what was the how do you refer to them? Uh abnormal show, like Ninja <laughs> Turtles, you know, giant talking animals with ripped abs. And they always seem to have a favorite food, right? Like Turtles yep. was obviously pizza, and then you had all the ripoffs from there, like God, what was Street Sharks? Street Sharks was something weird, wasn't it? I, I know the extreme dinosaurs were salsa. <laughs> Don't ask how I know that. <laughs> what was the favorite food of the Cowboys of Moo Mesa? Oh, <laughs> what a I'm bowl. disturbed that this question has come up before when you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I guess that probably had something to do with it. You, you also have to, I have to think that even though it's not 90s, the cartoon was like Garfield loved his lasagna. So it seemed like a rule that your cool 90s cartoon mascot character needed a favorite food. Um, and uh, yeah, Sonic went from just plain burgers and milkshakes and somehow they landed on chili dogs. And it seems now it's specifically like with your cheddar cheese and onions on top as well. That is the canonical Sonic chili dog. It's uh, 
very messy food for a character who's running around a lot. So glad I'm always wearing gloves. <laughs> well, I believe actually the canonical chi- Sonic Chili Dog recipe will be released as part of the upcoming Sonic cookbook <laughs> coming out later this year. I oh, yeah. <laughs> They've given us the Chili Dog recipe for free, but they hid the actual chili itself behind a paywall. So clever yes. them, clever. <laughs> well played. Okay, next question. Question number five. Which of these is not the name of a Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon? A. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog B. Sonic Underground C. Sonic Prime or D. Sonic Animated Oh boy, okay, this is the first one I don't feel immediately good about. There we go. Uh, can I get those answers one more time, please? Okay. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog Sonic Underground Sonic Prime and Sonic Animated I'm going to guess that it is B. Oh, I wish. Oh, yeah, we all wish. (laughs) I'm sorry to say that Sonic Underground is a real show, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it one day. (laughs) It's stayed underground. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic Underground is the one with the pink and green Sonic that are his siblings, and they're all royalty. And And they all play in a band. And it's bad. Uh It's Uh real bad. (laughs) Where uh, where can I see this one? This one sounds great. Uh, it's on Tubi. If you really want to, I suppose. It also might be fun just to absorb it, context from it by watching old YouTube poops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, and also, Jaleel White voices all three of the Sonics. But yeah, the correct answer is Sonic Animated. That is not a real show. I was doing a Transformers joke there. Um, I see you. <laughs> I can oh. do that now. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, you've done well up to this point. Let's see how you do with question number six. All downhill from here. Well, we'll see. <laughs> what game did Knuckles the Echidna first appear in? Is it A, Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Is it B, Sonic the Hedgehog 3? Is it C, Sonic and Knuckles? Or is it D, Knuckles Chaotix? Oh man, now I'm now I'm quadruple guessing myself. <laughs> my, my initial instinct... I know it's not two, or rather, I think it's not two. I know he was playable in Sonic and Knuckles. I don't know when Knuckles Chaotix came out, or if that's even a real game. But now I'm wondering if he was in Sonic 3 purely in an antagonist role. I'm going to just stick with my guts and say Sonic and Knuckles. You should have gone with your second guess, because he is an antagonist in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Yep. Hack. I did, in fact, put Sonic the Hedgehog 2 there just to throw people off who might have, like, known Knuckles from the second Sonic film. <laughs> Fantastic question. <laughs> yeah. Or or even remembering that you can lock on both Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 into Sonic and Knuckles to play as so- uh, Knuckles in those games. That's true. <laughs> Knuckles yep. is playable in Sonic 3, but only in the competition, like, multiplayer mode. So. Yep. Gotcha. Oh, Okay. And for the record, Knuckles Chaotix is a real game for the Sega 32X. Pour one out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we can see you've met a bit of a stumbling block here, but maybe you can recover with question number seven. Which of these platforming heroes has Sonic done a direct crossover with? A. Earthworm Jim. B. Bubsy. C. Mega Man. Or D. Cuphead. A direct crossover. Yes. Uh, is I is this in a officially released title? Is this in a yes? Okay. 
One more time, please. I'll run you through them again. It is A is Earthworm Jim, B is Bubsy, C is Mega Man, and D is Cuphead. Can, can we throw a hint out there that it's not necessarily a video game? Yeah. So I can throw Bubsy out. Yeah, n- nobody wants to hang out with Bubsy. <laughs> like I threw out all my copies of Bubsy. Yeah. Hey, why'd you have that many that, copies? I had a real bad habit as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Only way I want to see Bubsy have a renaissance is he finally proposes and marries Gex the Gecko. <laughs> they really do deserve each other. Is it Cuphead? It is I'm not. Afraid not. Now, while technically speaking, Cuphead and Sonic have appeared as like costumes in Fall Guys, uh, that's not a direct crossover as far as I'm concerned. But with the actual direct crossover, Luke, why don't you tell him? Is Sonic and Mega Man. I knew this son of a bitch. <laughs> I knew this. It was, in fact, an Archie comic spectacular. Well, after they gained the license to Mega Man and had a lovely little Mega Man series, then they were like, hey, you know what is something we should immediately do? Have a crossover between these guys, and it's really good. It was delightful. <laughs> All right, so I'm sure you can recover after this. Uh, question number eight. Which of these Sonic robots is not blue? So A is Mechasonic from Sonic 2. B is Mechasonic Mark II from Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> C is Metal Sonic. And D is Pseudo Sonic. And just to clarify, when we say Sonic robots, we mean robot doppelgangers of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I should have like specifically mentioned that in the question. Robots that look like Sonic. Vaguely. Okay, I'm drawing back on all of my Sonic knowledge. Metal Sonic was from Sonic CD? Correct. That's right. Yes. If I recall, Metal Sonic was just gray metal. I'm going to go with Metal Sonic. That's uh, an interesting decision, considering Metal Sonic is the most popular of the Sonic Robot Metal doppelgangers and is very blue. (laughs) (laughs) The actual answer was A, Mecha Sonic from Sonic 2, where he is the boss, the first boss of Death Egg Zone. He's a big gray, nasty, spiky thing. See, bold of you to assume I made it to the end of Sonic 2. <laughs> I, mean, say, I didn't even do that as a kid. The rest of them are blue, though. Uh, Mecha Sonic from Sonic & Knuckles is a blue guy, and Pseudo Sonic from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, who is blue and terrible. Uh, <laughs> also, I think he also popped up in Archie. That's in true. A, that sounds in right. a weird early issue. During the time when they were taking stuff from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. And yet didn't keep scratching ground or around what were they thinking. Damn it. <laughs> they did eventually. All right, so we're 50-50 on uh, correct versus incorrect so far. Let's see how it goes with... Question nine. One of these Sonic games is made up. Which one? So, um, A, Tails and the Music Maker. B, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. C, The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Or D, Amy Rose's Balloon Party. It's either A or D. Because I, I, I will be asking you about the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog later. Um, <laughs> Amy Rose's Balloon Party or Tails the Music Maker? Tails and, and the, music the Music Maker. Tails and the Music Maker. Yeah. I'm going to go with D because I feel like... I don't know what I feel anymore. 
I don't feel anything anymore. <laughs> oh, it's the next step in becoming a Sonic fan. Yeah. <laughs> I feel nothing. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with D. If that's your final answer, you're correct. That is one Yay! I just made the hell up. That is correct. Tales and the Music Maker was an educational game of sorts on the Sega Pico, as shown in the chat here. <laughs> we played it. It's not good. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> not even as like a four kids thing. Oh, wait, no, don't mention four kids. That's, um, that's, a di- that's different. <laughs> I think you've recovered a bit, but maybe not emotionally, but... Uh, in terms of points an effort was made so let's bring us to the final question of the multiple choice the ABCD station and it is question number 10 (laughs) oh yeah this is one Luke did Uh, which of these is a real thing that happened in the Archie Sonic comics A in response to a nightmare Knuckles' father puts his infant son in a machine that bombards him with chaos radiation or in short had a bad dream better microwave the baby (laughs) B Dr. Robotnik builds the Spawn Mower, a robot that resembles a cross between Spawn and a lawnmower. C. Instead of using it to save the dying queen, an ancient relic was used to age Amy Rose into a modern design. Or D. All of the above. Which of these happened in the Archie Sonic the Hedgehog comic series? Oh man, I was feeling so good until D. <laughs> 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 I was feeling so good until D. Years of test taking have conditioned me to be extremely suspicious of all or none of the above answers. <laughs> As well, you should. I'm going to say A. In response to a nightmare, Knuckles' father gives him the Metal Gear Solid 4 microwave treatment. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Because this is the final question of this section. It is. Luke? So, technically you're correct, because the actual answer is D, all of the above, because Archie (laughs) was unhinged. (laughs) The comics code used to mean something. (laughs) Can't show vampires, but all this stuff is okay. Spawn mower? The spawn mower. No. Yes. That that was an e that was an early these are this is still a funny book with talking animals gag where they would just uh is that the same issue where Urkelbot is also introduced? Uh, I think you mean Wolverkel. A Wolverine yes. mixed with Steve Urkel. Jesus. I see, I forgot that was yes, that a uh, two things. That was um, wild. <laughs> also worth noting, Spawn actually did show up in in Sonic the Archie comic as himself in the uh, image crossover, which was a thing that happened. Unfortunately. Yeah, remember when Sonic met Savage Dragon? Because I don't. <laughs> I wish I didn't. I do have one quibble. I'm pretty sure that Knuckles was still in his egg when Locke, his father, microwaved him. It, it counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, hey, we're talking about being Sonic fans. Another thing is you have to be uh, anal retentive about tiny little details like that that don't actually matter. (laughs) It's true. It's funny talking about a franchise with a speedy hero where a character has a microwaves a baby. Anyway, moving on. Um, (laughs) So wait, they just let the queen die? 
Queen. Now, this is Queen Alicia, who is the mother of Sally Acorn. She does not die. Um, she does recover eventually, but the the opportunity presented is where another character suddenly remembers they have a magic MacGuffin, and by the time they run to go get it, Amy Rose has used it to problematically age herself up to looking like her modern design for the Sonic Adventure adaption. Uh, we go into it in detail on our episode where we covered those comic adaptions. <laughs> and it is as, as bad as it sounds. <laughs> you know what? I'm all for regicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've also talked about how that is like the... We'll have to talk about it in detail someday. That is my one speed bump with Ian Flynn's early, early run in the comics. And it's only because he in inherited the plot point is that Sonic is like a super royalist cop in <laughs> some of late stage Archie. And it does suck. But they eventually kind of move away from that. And then in the soft reboots, basically like throw all the royal royal stuff to the you know in the garbage which probably for the best <laughs> i mean it's hard when you have to write on basically salted earth yeah uh, yeah uh-huh even when you're, you're you're trying to write the ship <laughs> yeah. but at the end of that i think you got about half of the answers right yeah an exactly 50 50 split between correct and incorrect well done now right. there may have been a massive difficulty spike there at some point that was completely unfair <laughs> But, you know, it's all about learning. I thought this was a Sonic podcast, not a Jack 2 podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it is a Sonic podcast, so as soon as you hit the spike, you can bounce right back onto another spike and kill yourself immediately. <laughs> For more information, listen to our Sonic 1 episode of the podcast. We're going to be doing that a lot this episode, apparently. <laughs> uh Okay, that's the end of that one. Uh, do you have any other questions for us, Derek? I, I was going to say, since you did mention you had a question about the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah! yeah. The murder of Sonic the Hedgehog was a free adventure game detailing the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. This was a real game released by Sega. Yes. And it strikes me as so wonderfully self-aware that Sonic can kind of be anything in a way that... A lot of other, like, major platform mascots never really seem to make that leap. Do you think Sega landed on this on accident, or do you think it was a deliberate attempt to stick their toes into a genre that might not necessarily be what you would assume a good fit for the franchise? Was it just some tongue-in-cheek fun for April Fool's? Uh, I think, you know, I think it did start out as just, you know, kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing for April Fool's. You know, it was largely led by the social media team for Sonic. But I think that the fact that it is as good as it is speaks to both, you know, the genuineness with which they approached it. Like, instead of doing sort of an ironic... Uh, it's clear that the people who worked on it have a lot of love for, like, visual novels and that medium, and that really shows in what they did with that. But I think it also speaks to how well characterized Sonic and his extended cast and their world are at this point. Like, I know some people here have a lot of opinions about the recent Super Mario Brothers movie, but, <laughs> but like a common complaint I see from a lot of people is that it does play it very, very safe. Like there's not a whole lot of characterization to that whole cast, whereas with Sonic, I think as a benefit of having starred in so many TV shows and comics and the games gradually getting like 
more heavy narratives over the years. Like those characters are very well defined at this point in terms of personality and characterization. And as a result, I think it is a lot easier for them to move into more narrative focused genres like this. And it's nice because you look at that and be like, oh boy, here comes another make fun of visual novels game that's dunks on the genre because they've never actually played one but are mad at the concept of the games because they think it's really easy and simple and anyone can do them but no it's not one of them it's actually really good <laughs> which is what luke said but i just thought it's put, worth putting out there yeah i just to just to uh piggyback off what luke was saying is i think sega has recently and they're still working on it because i i know but you know mentioned already it has to filter through multiple layers of different corporateness but i think they finally learned that their sonic needs a balance of like being a cool character and sometimes that means being sarcastic and detached but also that there is a genuineness to the franchise that a lot of people latched onto and that's why they they continue to latch onto it and having that balance especially in like secondary projects like the 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 murder of sonic visual novel or even stuff like how they run the social media accounts like everybody everybody remembers like when suddenly the sonic twitter started getting funny and they kind of went through a lot of uh i i think they learned the good things from that era and have left some of the like detached irony left that in the past and I think it's really hitting a better balance now to where, like you said, we get something like the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's not a joke. It's not a tongue-in-cheek thing that is looking at the camera saying, like, yeah, can you believe how silly this is? It's like, no, it's... I, I, I hear it bring, brought up in the same breath as, like, Kingdom Hearts. Like, people that really like Kingdom Hearts, myself included, like, like it unironically because it is so, like, wears its heart on its sleeve. And I think some of the best Sonic media officially is the, the stuff that also does that d- yeah. does not undercut it to try and remain cool above all else yeah no i i agree with all of what jeremy said awesome 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 uh can i can i throw another one at you guys yes, yes. please cool. go for it so sonic has grown beyond his roots as a 2d mascot platformer into so many different kinds of games racing games fighting games olympic games With so many characters and with such incredible characterization, it blows my mind that there was never another try for an RPG after Sonic Chronicles. Did it poison the well that badly? I think kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about Sonic Chronicles is, it's not a great game, to be honest with you. But I think it's everything that's connected to it more than anything else. It's like, because it sold real well, apparently. People wanted to play a Sonic the Hedgehog RPG, but everything that spilled out from that, I don't know, man. Like, (laughs) I wonder if Sega's like, well, we're not doing that shit again, because yikes. Yeah, yeah. It strikes me as such a slam dunk opportunity to just... Look at Super Mario RPG, a game mm. that is just a celebration of the franchise, its lore, its story, its characters, and crafting an amazing game around it. And it just 
seems like such an obvious winner to, okay, let's just do that for Sonic. I I completely agree. I I think it's probably a, oh, yeah, it it is hard not to. And when we say, like, we're talking about the troubles with uh, uh, Sonic Chronicles, we're talking about the lawsuit between a former writer for the Archie comics against Bioware, uh, Archie comics and uh, attempted to be against Sega themselves, you know, Mr. Mr. Kenneth Pendereth. And yeah, like learning new things about that trial, like still to this day, I, I, I don't know if it scared Sega. I think once they realized how bad it was, it annoyed the absolute hell out of them. Like, I don't know if anybody got fired. I would not be surprised if some of those old licensing people got a stern talking to about how we let these comic books and this video game like cause us such a headache. So I, I honestly do think it's a, it, it, it was a scorched earth thing. And also like, Sega, again, just seems like they're now being more willing to branch out with Sonic as a flagship title, although now it seems to be a very much like a modern classic split again, but done better. Like, we just had Frontiers come out, which was a new slash return to form uh, uh, to a 3D Sonic titles, and now we're getting like more, we're getting Sonic Superstars in the fall, which is a three-dimensional title but it is a 2d perspective with starring classic sonic with physics that look like straight out of the old games and aside from lending him to like you know like uh uh, like you said the olympic games or like funny cameos like uh you know the the sonic mascot suit and the other olympic games sega developed or you know like collaborations with with mobile games and stuff like that it really does seem like sega has way backed off of spinoffs like i i think you could go all the way back to like shadow the hedgehog and how as much as that game is like memed on was like received rather poorly i think if that had been a warmer reception we might see more like spin-off sonic titles like they've even cooled it down with like we got team sonic racing but that really wasn't the racing game people wanted and i i don't know it's it's real hard that is one thing that's always remained a mystery as to like how sega decides when it's time to do something new with sonic we know that they're not like that they like doing sonic story stuff Hence the comics and the various games with heavy storylines in them. I just and so maybe that's their way of testing the waters as to whether they want to do something like that. But I don't know. Maybe the RPG genre just gives them a bad taste in their mouth now. I would love to it's, see. It's it. It's hard to say. I like. It's worth noting that you know, Bioware got bought by EA literally during the tail end of Chronicles development, just to indicate how long ago that was. And in the time since, Sega has picked up Atlas. So, you know, theoretically speaking, there is a team that could make a decent Sonic RPG. But even if that happens, I think it would be something completely different in every way from Chronicles, just based on how the franchise has changed in the time since then. I think I'd be okay with that, actually. I wasn't a big fan of Chronicles. Yeah. So we keep mentioning the comics, and I I have this jotted down. I always hear that the Sonic comics are home to some of the best writing and characterization for all of the characters. I hear that the comics have 
made characters come alive and become more than just a 2D sprite on a screen, but something that people genuinely care about. Did Sega have any say over the storyline for those comics? And is there an easy way to access those comics now? Because as I understand, they've been going for many, many, beyond years into decades. So that is a complicated boy. answer. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> if you're talking about the Archie comics in particular and then the IDW comics, yeah, that is a whole thing. So that is actually um, something I want to specify. There, There is an easy way to read the Archie comics. It's called... Yeah. Yarhar. That is, that is literally the only way to access them now. So they're just gone. Yeah. 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 You can find some, like, re- they're not reprints, but you can find, like, second-hand copies of, like, the Archie archives, if you like. But but those have terrible redone digital coloring, mm-hmm. so you shouldn't read them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, to give, like, the broadest broad summary, uh, there's basically three major publishers for Sonic Comics. Uh, in the U.S., there was Archie that ran from... 1993 to 2016. Uh, in the UK, there was Fleetway, which published Sonic the Comic from, was it 93 to 2001, Chris? I don't forget, remember the actual date. I wasn't reading up to that point, and it was all reprints up to that point, I think. So it was something like that, though. <laughs> yeah, so- something like that. And then the current ones, which IDW has been publishing since 2018. There is some crossover in terms of creatives between those, uh, mostly on the Archie side. Like a lot of the artists who were working on like the final years of Archie made the jump over to IDW when that uh, became a thing. Mostly, mainly the lead writers, Ian Flynn and Evan Stanley, who they, they are two people who absolutely get it, like in terms of making the universe work. Those have the IDW ones in particular are literally canonical to the games. Like they have said, they share a lot. Like the people who've worked on the comics have gone on to have some influence over the contents of the story in the game. So they, there's been a much more concerted effort to tie those things together. So the best way, like if you want comics that are like, okay, I want something that is 100% in line with what is being done in the games these days it is the IDW series. That is what you want to look into. It's a lot more complicated with Archie and with the Fleetway comics because it's like they both came from a place of, okay, we are separate creative teams that are basically doing adaptations of these external properties. Fleetway was much more based on the games. Archie was more based on like the TV show that was airing at that time. And as time went on, it kind of diverged much more and more and more. So, yeah, it was those characters did become more defined. But at the same time, they did tend to gradually become a very separate thing from what was being presented in the games because Sega did not have a lot of oversight over what was being put into them and basically only stepped in when things got real bad. And bad they did get indeed. Um, <laughs> and when they stepped in, things changed for sure. Yeah, after after the lawsuit that has been spoken of many times, basically Sega had much more strict mandates in terms of what was and wasn't allowed to be 
uh, put in the comics. There were more concrete legal agreements to make sure that at the end of the day, they owned anybody that was created for those comics, stuff like that. Cool. But yeah, it's really hard to get the the early ones. <laughs> IDW ones, hey, they're all, they're out there if you want to read those more close to the game ones. But uh, some of the some of our personally most beloved Sonic stories in uh, Sonic comics of old, unfortunately, no longer legally available. But you can find them if, if you, you know look. where to look. <laughs> and it's it, it is interesting to to kind of answer your the the first part of your question a little more. It's pretty easy to point to when if you were wanted to read the good Archie comics to start with, because it's it's when Ian Flynn, the new guy, came on and started writing, but also like didn't throw out the 20 years of history the comics had, but like started slimming, slimming things down and like turning it into interesting stories. But it's hard to recommend that. To, especially to someone new because as much as I hate to say it and I haven't really figured out a good way to do that you don't get the full impact of those new stories from this new writer without knowing how bad the it got mm-hmm. before he took over because he does again like I said does not throw anything out right away and you realize like oh wow like these characters do have all this history and now they're expressing it in an inner Entertaining and not like uh, bad stories written by bad writers way <laughs> the the sonic the comic as well is is it's not hard to find it's just hard to find a complete digital copy because it has to be fans that have archived it and sonic the comic is the one i feel much better about recommending because while it is its own thing it does start from a place like like y'all said like starts based on the games it does introduce its own characters but it's also a different format it's it's you know it's not 24 page american comic books it's like six pages in a game magazine that follows like the you know the british kids comics and it's i think it's much easier especially if you're older to accept sonic the comic for what it is than to try and dive into old archie issues and draw any fun from them Uh, I'm glad you're here to actually say all that about STC so I don't have to, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's how I found STC. Like, I've, I've, you know, I've said it several since this show started. I only started reading it a few years ago. And it's been so interesting as an adult to read this like Sonic thing that still holds up like fairly well, despite its, uh, you know, its its speed bumps. I think we got quite elaborate on that. Unfortunately, you asked a question that had a big, big answer, and we only gave you the Cliff's Notes version. Well, thank you. Yeah, the the the, the quickest answer is go read IDW because it's real good and it's what available. Yeah, it's available. <laughs> yeah, go to your local comic store. Give them some. Yeah. Money. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do please it. buy buy a long box. You may need it. So that seems like a good spot to jump to one of our quiz questions. I hope you're ready for this one. Um, So the next one, in alphabetical (laughs) order, we're going on to our next lesson (laughs) for Derek, and it's called Animal Abstraction. Now, uh, there are a lot of furries in Sonic, and uh, what we're basically going to do here is we're going to list animals, like actual real-life animals, and you have to see if you can name an existing Sonic character of that species. Um, so then we'll, you know, we'll start with some easy ones and then maybe they might get a little more difficult, but don't worry. I'm sure this won't be that bad. We've got 20 of them here. I hope you're ready for this. Um, 
You think I know 20 animals? <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to give you the animals. You just got to give them a name based on an actual Sonic character. Songshi, uh, I'm sure you know more than one. And if you make up any names, we are claiming them as our original characters. And yeah. yeah. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's our list in animal extraction. Number one. Are you ready for this, Derek? I'm ready. Okay, number one. Hedgehog. <laughs> I don't think that's a name, a name of a Sonic character. He did say it that one time. Yep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sonic. So- the titular Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Yeah. Correct. That's a gimme. There you go. Good job. That counts. I'm proud of you. Uh, number two. Fox. Uh, that would be Tails. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Would have also accepted Fiona. Well, oh God! <laughs> no, no one accepts Fiona. No. Or Merlin, Merlin Prower, Tails's uncle, who's a wizard. And there's that fox girl in Boom, but I can't remember her name. Uh, Zoe. Oh, you know that? Okay. <laughs> Number three, Echidna. Uh, that would be Nipples the Enchilada. I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's that that comic is semi-canon. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, knuckles. Yes, that's right. I mean, we knew what you were saying the moment you said nipples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. Chameleon. I got nothing. Uh, all I can think of with Chameleon is uh, Kid Chameleon, the, the Master System game. Oh, that's a good answer, but it's not a Sonic character. <laughs> Yet. Uh, My fan fiction is coming out tonight. also that got a comic adaptation in sonic the comic because sonic the comic was cool like that but unfortunately no we would have accepted espio the chameleon from knuckles chaotix friends with vector and charmy still not convinced that's a real game (laughs) (laughs) oh it's real I've, i've played it once and that was enough for me well, you're going to have to play it again eventually. Um, all right. I'm sure it won't be as bad going forward. Number five, Platypus. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the platypus. platypus. Would you believe me if I said there are several options for this? <laughs> N- no. <laughs> I-, I wouldn't actually. Uh, unfortunately, I am drawing a blank, so we're going to create our brand new OC right now. Aitsu, the platypus. Oh. Well, there we go. TM, 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 TM. Uh, yeah, sorry about that one. Uh, the most prolific platypus in the Sonic world is Dr. Starline from the IDW comics. There's also Duck Bill platypus from the Archie comics and some others that I'm not going to acknowledge here. Uh, uh, well, you have to at least acknowledge that Duck, <laughs> Duck Bill platypus was a member of the Down Under Freedom Fighters. <laughs> I don't like to. Um, <laughs> number six, Crocodile. There is a very well-known crocodile in the Sonic franchise. Was it in Knuckles Chaotix? Yeah, yes, uh, but you also <laughs> you also met him when you played Sonic Generations. I did play Sonic Generations. I made sure of that. I think I even accidentally said his name a few minutes ago. Uh, was it Vector? <laughs> It is Vector. Oh, there it is, Vector the Crocodile. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's the one. He's Vector the Crocodile. 
All right, full disclosure, I think I would have gotten there. The fact that it was mentioned earlier had me second-guessing it until you said we mentioned it earlier. (laughs) So, so full marks for that one. 40 chess. Okay, number seven, skunk. (laughs) I hope you're ready for my next OC as I leave my office. Uh, It's uh, white cheddar popcorn the skunk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, TM. TM, 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 TM. Uh, he beat us to the TM. I don't know, someone on DeviantArt must have. Um, would have uh, we would have accepted Rough and or Tumble from the IDW comics. We are not going to accept Jeffrey no, Sinjin from the That's Archie a Pokemon. Comics. Those are Pokemons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This, this one's the trick category, isn't it? <laughs> no, we haven't gotten to the trick category. No, everything here is legitimate. I I really like Rough and Tumble because they're like a, I mean, I don't want to say they're just the bulk and skull of of IDW Sonic, but it's pretty close. They are very bulk and skull. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Number eight, Lima. Detecting a bit of a pattern here. Uh, That that is the Valve Steam Deck, the Lemur. (laughs) <laughs> now is there a chance that you're looking around your room to come up with names for these ocs in which case very good yes yeah. <laughs> uh unfortunately i i do not know any any lemurs well there's tangle the lemur from the idw comics once again <laughs> i'm i'm sensing a trend uh, here <laughs> hey they they had to go they had to come up with new animals <laughs> <laughs> very cool character by the way very cool yeah tango rules i'm just waiting for derek to eventually just answer with screw you <laughs> <laughs> screw you the walrus i was gonna say i'm waiting for tetsuya mizuguchi's child of eden the wolf or something <laughs> <laughs> number nine cat uh big yeah! Yay! Yeah! Okay, this man knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> also, would have accepted Blaze the cat, or no, I'm not going to accept Hershey the cat from Archie, <laughs> and various other cats throughout the. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of cats, but Big and Blaze are the big ones. No pun intended. If I know the answer, I will answer genuinely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unless it's really funny. Number ten. This is this is a gimme. This is an easy one. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, to be fair, saddlebags. That'd be a good name for a horse. Yeah, it would be actually. But this is uh, not a popular animal within the Sonic franchise. But where is one? At least I can think of, and that is Sir Connery, the horse knight who died. Clipping that out of context <laughs> later when you just say not a popular animal. And I'm going to expose you to every 4-H club across America. I'm going to tell them, these guys don't think horses are popular. And then you are going to have real trouble on your hand, my friend. I mean, they'd have a hell of a time making an argument, considering we did voice in Camaraderie Supernatural. Why does he have a sword? He's a horse knight. he's a horse knight. (laughs) That's actually the coolest image of him. That's, oh, that guy. Who's he? I think his name's Eric. He's like a one-issue yeah, I see why. Is, <laughs> uh, is this a horse version of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater that I'm looking at right here? <laughs> oh, is I Eric wish. about to commence the virtuous mission? <laughs> <laughs> no, and, uh, he, he never makes it to another issue. And of course, we can't forget the most famous horse, 
the nameless horse Sonic rides on the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been there for him. No, his canon name is no. I got it right the first time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We're only halfway through. Eleven. Wolf. Uh, Tetsuya Mizuguchi's child. <laughs> it's my fault for giving you the answer earlier. Uh, for the Xbox 360 featuring Kinect motion controls. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It all comes back to the connect. <laughs> Always. So, uh, I mean, if if you want another take, we could also do Tetsuya Mizuguchi's Child of Eden for the PlayStation 3 featuring PlayStation Move Control, uh, which actually <laughs> worked really well. I mean, for my money, the best PlayStation Move game is and always will be Johann Sebastian Joust. This is not dispute. Is this an unofficial like motion capture game episode that I wasn't on <laughs> primed on? <laughs> Talk about like motion games. No, like, but uh, no, but anyway. Derek and I could just go off on this for hours if you let us. The Connect was really good, actually. <laughs> the Connect was really good, actually. <laughs> That's a quote we will have never heard and will never hear again on this podcast. Uh, a Whisper the Wolf is one. Uh, she is from the IDW comics. And uh, also there's Lupe from uh, Satayem and the Archie comics, who is Lupe's family. I'm, I'm cool. I, I mean, you talk you talk about Metal Gear Solid earlier. She was partly based on Sniper Wolf. So, yep. She even has her fallen comrades from their disbanded team were all like directly based on Metal Gear characters. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is rad. <laughs> yeah, you're learning something. <laughs> he has its moments. He has his moments. Yep. Okay, number twelve, bear. Just gonna. I I know you it. have seen a bear character in passing from one of the times we like. I will I will give you a hint. There is one in Sonic the Fighters. Ghost trick, phantom detective. The bear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real good bear. It was so close. Um, Bark the Polar Bear is probably the most popular one. He is very cool. He's the grapple boy. Yeah, he's the grappler that will take out half your health bar in one command grab. I just want to apologize to all Sonic fans. (laughs) (laughs) Just blanket apology. No, like like we're here for it. Like this is why this is why we picked you. This is great. Look, we know it's weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Number 13, Rabbit feel like I should know this one. And I do. Mega 64 version 3 of <laughs> the rabbit. I mean, there's Cream the rabbit. Most people know her. Damn it. Actually, I don't know if most people do. Just most Sonic fans. Uh, then we're not people. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's rabbit. true. I thought it. You said it. Bunny Rabbit also would have been acceptable to people who watched that cartoon and read that comic. And various others. Oh, and Johnny Lightfoot. I would have mentioned that, but that's just me. Um, He's dead. (laughs) Yeah, he is dead. 14. Pig. All right, what's in your room? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I promise you, I am genuinely trying. (laughs) I I believe it. I I am racking my brain of like, all right. No, not that guy. (laughs) Sorry, Luke just posted the guy from Sonic Schoolhouse whose whole skin breathes. Around his eyes. No. <laughs> I don't think he has a name. No. I don't think he has a soul. Uh, nameless the pig. <laughs> Night terror. <laughs> the pig with no name. Uh, I guess I can't argue with that. 
There aren't a lot of pigs. There's Porker Lewis, my boy, who Fang disrespected when she was on here brutally, and uh, to be fair, I can't come back from that. Bruce uh, Lee? There's also... Brutally. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, she disrespected him in a Bruce Lee manner. Uh, she might as well have. She ruined that guy. One inch punched him. There's also Hamlin the pig from Archie. Uh, oh, man. Oh, all this picky. Guy. Is it picky? Picky. Or is it pocky? Yeah, okay. I always get them mixed up. The little uh, animal character. It's not Cucky, that's the chicken. Yeah. And he's not called that anymore. <laughs> but we know. We know. Real ones know. Okay, number 15, Bat. Uh, Rouge. There you go. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Everyone remembers the sexy bat. Yeah, Rouge is sexy and smooth. <laughs> were there other bats in Sonic? I think so, but no. Uh, there were bat badniks um i can't actually i don't know if there was a bat in archie before rouge i'm gonna have to check if there was one in stc i bet the design wasn't quite like rouge if there was (laughs) in my defense i follow a dj on twitter who retweets a lot a lot of rouge the bat (laughs) fan art all right (laughs) see that's why i laughed because i'm like you know, Rouge is a pretty big crossover. I bet <laughs> all of us follow somebody who, yes, retweets a lot of Rouge fan art. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I am still 100% convinced that Aubrey Plaza is going to play her in the third movie. Oh my god, well, we'll oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Like, she, she's apparently been cast as a villain, and I feel like if you're going to cast her as somebody, Rouge makes total sense. Okay, number 16. B. Bumble? <laughs> buck bumble biggity well. buck bumble what about now it's time to rock with the biggity buck bumble yeah, I, I can get down for some of that um so okay i'm just going for what i understand sonic naming conventions to be of okay. something about the animal the animal uh buzz the bee i i got i got nothing God, I hate to let you down on multiple fronts here, but this character does not have a the in the middle of his name in, in, in terms of the most popular B character in Sonic. But I will give you a half point because Sonic appeared in a Honey Nut Cheerios commercial with Buzz the Bee from Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, yeah, true. That counts, that counts, that counts. Uh, I'll, I'll count that. That's an official crossover. Okay, fair enough. But Charmy Bee is what I was going for. Charmy Bee. Uh, another character we have mentioned. From Knuckles Chaotix. <laughs> Vector and SBO are his uh, father figures. That's right. Okay, number 17 is Armadillo. Is it from the IDW comics? No, this one is actually from... You remember when we did that panel for a convention about like old arcade games nobody's ever played? Uh, Edward Randy, <laughs> Nice Guts, the best yeah. arcade games you haven't played at Yomacon 2015? Why, yes, I do. That's the one. He is from that game. Oh, then it's uh, Abby, my cat, the armadillo. Oh, I, I miss Abby so much. <laughs> he g- oh, he gave Abby. him such. He gave him such a, a lead in there and, well... Anyway, Mighty. Mighty the Armadillo. The Armadillo. There have been other Armadillos, but this is the most noteworthy one in multiple games, actually. He's the main one. His last appearance was he came back for Sonic Mania. Yep. Along with his good buddy... Uh, well, well, no, well, I won't well, say well, that. Well, 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 well. <laughs> I should Still probably look at the other questions <laughs> yeah. instead of shooting my mouth off. 
caught myself that time. All right. Number 18. <laughs> Jeremy loves this one. Turtle. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, is there really only one answer to this question? It's the only one I can think might of. Be, there are prob- I, I can think of one from uh, a thing that I know, but otherwise... Or is that a tortoise? Well, it doesn't really matter. Mortimer. <laughs> Mortimer the Tortimer? Mortimer the Tortimer. TM. Walking to this Tortimer. Well, Jeremy, do you want to tell him an actual answer to this? <laughs> <sighs> okay, so the the one Sonic fans would know mo- most is a character named Tommy the Turtle, who showed up in... <laughs> Thank you for using that picture. You could have used one other I would have liked. One so of Tommy- Tommy was a character introduced by a writer for the Archie comics that everyone is pretty sure was a pseudonym from one of the editors who just wanted to get their stories in the book and I guess make extra freelance money. Um, And this isn't even a good picture of him because when he was introduced, he looks like the tortoise from that Bugs Bunny cartoon, like completely does not fit even in the crazy mixed up world of Archie Sonic. And he's introduced as being Sonic's long lost best friend who at, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Keep posting pictures, jump scares. Um, as being Sonic's long lost best friend who he's always known, and we're definitely not shoehorning this in. Uh, he's a terrible character who takes away uh, good, good moments from other characters. And the best thing that happened is when other writers took over, including Ian Flynn, they made him a double agent who was a ended up being a horrendous bastard, and he gets murdered by Dr. Eggman on screen, <laughs> like turned turned to dust in front of Supersonic's eyes. And it's yes, the best. Great. And the- fandom rejoice it's, it's good yes it's yeah he sucks he's the worst <laughs> the epitome of when people actually talk about sonic's dumb friends that nobody likes what they mean is stuff like tommy the turtle they don't actually mean like the game cast because they don't know how bad things actually were rest in piss tommy. <laughs> <laughs> an ex- as an extended section of this particular part of the podcast, <laughs> the Tommy Turtle complete and total degradation hour, um, <laughs> as deserved. Number nineteen, Squirrel. That's a uh, Sally, right? Depends. Or is she a chipmunk? Is there a difference? It depends on which one you're talking about. Sally Acorn was the westernized name for the squirrel characters in Sonic the Hedgehog originally when it first came out, like the little squirrels that came out of the badniks. Uh, then that's that's definitely what I mean. Yeah, I, I'm, sure. giving, I'm giving him the point. <laughs> because we did have a squirrel Sally Acorn in Sonic the Comic. She uh, And I think they still kind of refer to her as a squirrel, even though she is blatantly a chipmunk in Satyam and Archie with her little tail. Yeah. Also would have accepted... One that Jeremy nearly slipped on, Ray the Flying Squirrel. Who was also from that uh, same arcade game. Yeah, that from the trackball game. Yeah. And there you go. All right, final one. Surprised we got this far. But uh, number 20, Hedgehog, but a different one this time. <laughs> Metal Sonic. <laughs> oh, does that count? Does that count? <laughs> Not really. Nah. He's a robot. He, he's a robot he's hedgehog. A hedgehog. He's a facsimile. I'm I'm willing to count it. 
Okay, but can you give us can you give us a real hedgehog? A, can you think of any real? Can hedgehog? I give you a real hedgehog? Yes. Yeah. Can you hand me one over through the Discord? <laughs> oh, I, a flesh a, a character of flesh and blood. I'm gonna yeah, show can, up at your front door and just here you go, and then I'm out of there. Good luck. <laughs> Another hedgehog. There, there is an obvious one that I know you know because everybody won't shut up about him. Another hedgehog, everybody won't shut up. <laughs> He's the coolest. <laughs> we literally mentioned him earlier. A real hint, uh, he loves firearms. <laughs> Even though he's a Sonic character for children. This is not making it easier. Oh, Shadow! Duh! God Christ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. Shadow God Christ. That's his full name. <laughs> Shadow the God Christ. Yes, Shadow the Hedgehog. That's his new super form. Yep. Also would have accepted Amy Rose, Silver, um, half a dozen others. I like, I like Robert the Hedge was Jake's <laughs> contribution when we tested these out on him. Yeah, Shadow. Shadow's an interesting character. I think he might be the one that most the fandom and Sega themselves don't know how sincere to be with because <laughs> he started very sincere about you know having his childhood best friend murdered in front of him and wanting to destroy then save the world to make her dreams come true and then became like an edgy meme factory stealing candy from babies and then i i feel like they're just now finally realizing what actually makes shadow cool and that's to be a a well-written character outside of his like cool edginess it's, it's an ongoing process <laughs> wait 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 if you give characters good writing people will like them wild what? right it's a wild theory but i think there might be some merit to it i mean we've had that in idw comics for a while and people still hate those some of them do anyway um, <laughs> yeah but that's just sonic fans who are sonic fans yep. uh we got a lot of discussion out of this thing where I just wanted Derek to name a bunch of animals, but uh, <laughs> you got half, you got half of them right. Yeah, ten. Ten out of twenty. All right. That's, uh, once again, you're the halfway boy, I guess. Is that a thing? <laughs> halfway <laughs> boy. You know what? It's hey, this is the first installment. We have to set the bar low. Exactly. <laughs> of course, that's what you were doing. <laughs> Should we at least get one question in, by the way, before we move on to our next thing? Yeah, let's I get, don't know let's get a couple more questions in from Derek. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually, uh, y'all have given me a, a, as long as we're pulling out bullshit Sonic trivia, <laughs> as long as we're trotting out just obscure shit that no one knows, excuse me, I swore twice, I apologize. No, no, we do it all the time. In the, hang on, let me, let me, let me get real pedantic. Um, in the Japanese version of Shadow the Hedgehog, a music video was included on the disc that was removed mm. for the American release of the game. Uh, name the Japanese supergroup that went on to do an opening for Transformers. Derek. And the song itself. Derek. Jam Project? Derek. Derek. Do you think and Lucas I, of allowed all to participate? People, do you think I, of all people, would not know about the Shadow of the Hedgehog remix of Tripod Baby by M-Flow? Come on. Oh, okay, that's what it is. <laughs> oh. Correct. I, Correct. I, 
not 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 to toot my own horn, but I was like, you know what? I know this one. I'm just going to sit back and let somebody else answer. <laughs> I gave the wrong answer, but Jam Project has done Sonic and Transformers stuff, so I feel okay about that. <laughs> I did not know if this. If they would have kept the music video on the game disc, I would own a copy of Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, I don't even think I knew that it was included in the Japanese version. And now I'm saying, oh, why did they do that? Because Sega of America was f***ing cowards. That's yeah. why. <laughs> they probably didn't want to pay the licensing. And also they were like, no, oh, this is too weird. But we all watched that video on YouTube. Yeah, I know they used that song in like all the Japanese commercials for the game. Let me Love Shadow the Hedgehog. Yep. Flow loves Shadow the Hedgehog. It's Shadow the Hedgehog, baby, 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 baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Yeah, how about another? It's a really good song, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Okay. Something something about the actual games. In Sonic 2 and 3, why are the good endings locked behind playing admittedly visually stunning but ultimately chaotic minigames that you have no real opportunity to practice or prepare for? I think I could do, like, the first half-pipe of Sonic 2, and that was it. Was gating the best endings behind these games an attempt at creating replay value, was it something about maintaining the allure of the Chaos Emeralds? Did fans even care about these games having alternate endings? I think you are right that it was at the start about replay value because like mm -hmm. that dated back to even the first game where you know you'd get the ending it would be it would still be just fine you know Sonic runs back to Green Hill jumps to the screen thank you for playing and then right at the end it shows Robotnik with you know, juggling the Chaos Emeralds that are left, like, try again! So it was basically to encourage replayability, get them to go through it again. And at least in the first couple, it wasn't a huge difference. Like, Sonic 1, the Chaos Emeralds, like, add a bunch of plants to the ending, and Robotnik looks all angry. Sonic 2... Sonic 2 is an interesting one because that's where you get Super Sonic as a reward for, you know, actually going through the trouble of finding stuff. And that would be it for a while and then you know during the early 3d era it kind of fell off to a point where it's like they didn't do that anymore the chaos emeralds just became like a plot thing where you would get them over the course of the story and you know only get to use them in the final battle or whatever i definitely think that there is the combination of knowing that there are slightly better endings but also mainly the fact that you could get supersonic in there drove a lot of kids to replay the game and try to get better. It gave them incentive to try and learn how to get good at those special stages or in the era of the internet, how to find the debug mode code so you could just immediately unlock it. But I think there, I think that, you know, knowing that that was there did drive a lot of kids to at least try to learn the game and be like, oh, there's this thing that I could get if I could just get a little bit better at these. But I, I will agree that like, especially in the early games, some of those special stages are mean. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever collected all of the emeralds in either of them until later, uh, at least when I was like a teenager. Um, I do, at least to give to give 
Sonic 3 and, and even Sonic 2 some credit, uh, it was easier to at least practice those special stages. Because Sonic 1 is you collect 50 rings and you have to make it to the end of the level without losing them. In Sonic 2 and 3, um, uh, in Sonic 3, they have the giant hidden rings that carry over into Sonic and Knuckles. And then Sonic 2, all you have to do is get 50 rings and make it to a post. And so there are like uh, at least like sometimes three or four uh, checkpoint posts in a level in Sonic 2. So I feel like you could at least get some practice in like, okay, this first run is going to be to learn the layout and then the next time maybe I'll go for it. But I, yes, it is I cannot dispute that there are, I know plenty of people who are like, no, they were too hard. I never did it as a kid. Which is one of the things I really, really like about Sonic Origins, the new compilation which is that you have unlimited lives, you get coins from the one-up boxes instead of lives, and you can spend those to immediately retry the bonus stage if you lose at it. So it makes it a lot easier for people who are not as good at those bonus stages and still want to try and see all that the game has to offer. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's why I like the, um, the 3D special stages in Sonic Mania as well, because they feel like they are designed to be like a much better balance of these are fun and interesting to play, but also not much more accessible than older ones were. Yeah. Also for me, I just think the special stages are cool because I read Sonic the comic and they made that into a whole little extra world that was a part of the story yeah and the chaos emeralds were cool back then and they still are now everyone cares about the chaos emeralds so in a way even though they are kind of like awkward special stages sometimes i just like collecting because it's like oh the mystical chaos emeralds i like having those and then getting to turn super i guess what it comes down to is i think it's cool sometimes that's enough <laughs> so that so that does play a factor yes <laughs> so it's really cool that you mentioned that the in the endings where you do get all of them there are more plants in the ending there's more greenery um and it actually sets me up for this the initial games had very clear environmentalist themes uh, did these continue to run through the franchise um it's inconsistent i would say yes and no some more than others like there is still like, it's definitely a lot more present in the 16-bit games uh there's degrees of it in some of the 3d games like i think that uh in a way sonic adventure still carries a lot of that dna in it it is funny though because you start sonic adventure and sonic's like whoa the city this is happening i love this place <laughs> i love that they've taken over all of the natural land Woo yeah yeah but oh. it's it's core conflict is rooted in you know violent colonization from thousands of years ago so true i i would even say that it's it's kind of carried over it's it's a little like chili dogs to where in the the 90s it was mostly on the american side and it was very captain planet you had one of the main sonic the hedgehog cartoons was sonic and his freedom fighter friends and sally acorn like fighting against a robotnik who's already won and like polluted and terraformed the planet and like they very much frame it as like a bad thing and anytime like their group uses technology they're very clear to point out like but we are doing this so we don't damage the planet and our homes and i think that undercurrent has uh survived in modern sonic into where his like part of his canon personality that was always kind of like part of the like the sega of japan side is that sonic is a free spirit who 
um, hates injustice. Um, like his Sonic Adventure theme song, you know, like literally says like, doesn't matter now what happens. Uh, I don't know what's wrong or right other than I'm going to find the answer, etc., etc. That Sonic is very much like a, he's cool, but he's always going to stick up for the little guy. I think it carries forward in some of the stories like Sonic Unleashed, where like Eggman literally tears the planet apart and you hop across like the different continents, like interacting with these different human cultures and kind of seeing how like uh, wonderful and diverse the planet is. And like you you are literally teaming up with like the light Gaia spirit of the the planet in that game. And I think that might be just like a a very like shonen way to kind of carry that same spirit. And again, saying that as as a good thing, like there there are lots of that that is a, a theme in lots of Japanese stories, like you know, like Princess Mononoke is all about that. But it, it does seem like it's been streamed down a little, like I don't know. I, I feel like with as Sega plays fast and loose with like letting uh, fan works exist and not like putting a stop to that. Like there is a cynical part of me that knows that like Sega is never going to cross a line and like have Sonic the Hedgehog ever make like, uh you know, like political statements like that because I mean, unfortunately, and to end my ramble here, like environmentalism in general has become more politicized uh, these days. And I think that's unfortunate, but I, I would like I like to think that that part of Sonic still lives on in different ways. Sonic Prime just had some stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say most recently, like in some of the most recent Sonic media, like Sonic Front, um, Sonic Frontiers doesn't really have much of an environmental bent to it, uh, whereas like sonic forces i would argue has a very low undertone of environmentalism just because you know it basically starts off Mm -hmm. with eggman beat everybody and now we got to beat him back and eggman's all about pollution and building things up and then yeah as we just as we just said sonic prime like whenever they go to a certain uh portal there they have it's very much environmental episodes basically and and I think we even talked about how in this jungle world, which they are wanting to protect, like they don't cop out at the end of that storyline. Like Sonic actually does like sit down and say like, everybody's in the right here. You just need to approach it from a different direction. And I remember thinking like, that's, that's pretty smart. Like I, you know, I grew up in the nineties with kid shows, like I said, Captain Planet, where it, it was very like white and black binary. It's like, oh, these, you know, incomprehensibly evil villains are polluting just just for the sake of it because it's fun and it's like no it's much more complicated than that and making sure my my recycling is properly sorted <laughs> yeah so i think that answered your question maybe it's hard to yeah, say thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's there yeah it's still there kind of should we do another should we do another exam thing a little uh quiz thing I would love to do another quiz thing. And I've yeah, because got- the next one is the one that you prepared. I did. So this one is called No More Music. <laughs> That's a uh, no with a K-N-O-W. Um. So uh, we've, br- we've pulled together a bunch of music tracks, and we are going to have you listen to them and tell us if they are from a Sonic game or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm here for this. This is the bar yeah. that gets us demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> we're only doing samples. It's fine. Yes, and we're 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 
we're playing we're doing running commentary as well we are critiquing yeah so don't don't feel like you got to wait for the song to finish like if you immediately know the answer you know feel free to blurt it out so my answers are yes it's sonic or no it's not exactly that's it i i will give you a bonus point if you can tell me a which sonic game it's from or b what the actual track is all righty let's go all right number one That is uh, the Green Hill Zone theme. That is correct. From Is that yeah. Sonic 1? Yes. That's right. Whoa. Nicely done. Two Start points easy. for that. All right. Jump forward to track two. So what are you thinking? I'm I'm waiting for a verse to start here. <laughs> are you waiting for them to sing about Sonic? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just literally waiting for the next verse to start. Uh, just to hear what it sounds like. I'm going to go with Yes from Shadow the Hedgehog. It seems like this is where that would fit. Uh, you are right that it is a Sonic track, but it is actually undefeatable, the first boss theme from Sonic Frontiers. What? I can understand why you would have that misconception because of the this rules. screamo. <laughs> yeah, no, like all the boss themes are feel like they are straight out of a character action game, and it rules. I yeah. feel like this should feature Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Yes. <laughs> or I was going to say, this feels like Lost Revengeance music. Yes. Yes, it does. If you told me this came from the Blade Wolf DLC, I would believe you. Oh, oh yes. I, I think we literally said that when they first showed off some of this music. Because these are also all technically supersonic songs. Yeah. Because the, the way the big bosses work in that game is in each area, you collect the emeralds and fight them as supersonic. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really love They're that They're very song. good. <laughs> That's cool. All right. All right. Number three. I wasn't aware that Clueless was uh, in the Sonic franchise. Uh, no, this is, this is, well, okay, I know what this is, and I don't think it's from a Sonic game. Uh, rest in peace to the mighty, mighty boss tones. Yeah. Except for the front man who sucks. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Unironically, fuck that guy. Yeah. Honestly, I thought you were, I thought you were messing with me for a second. I'm just like, wait, are we doing, What? Have you ever had a chili <laughs> dog so bad? <laughs> so, not from a Sonic game. Although it was in Donkey Konga. <laughs> yeah. And there is there is some good ska in Sonic, yeah. but not the boss tones. Nope. nope. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Let's jump forward to number four. Speaking of Konga. <laughs> 
I'm gonna go with yes. But I'm trying to figure out where I would, where it would have come from. Is this from Sonic Mania? Uh, it is from a Sonic game. It is actually from Sonic Lost World on Wii U. Oh, no one played the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also not not a not a good game. It's got some good music. Yeah, it's got some yep. real good music. All right, let's jump forward to number five. say yes it doesn't have that genesis sound chip sound to it obviously it's it's way too modern uh, i'm actually gonna ask if it's from sonic mania again <laughs> uh unfortunately this is not from a sonic game this is mount vesuvius from ducktales remastered which is an original track for the uh, remastered version right yep although they do have an 8-bit version of it that they made they they're sort of retro made and it's yep. very good too curses let's let's move on to number six guessing not a Sonic game. Can you think where it might be from? I mean, there are a lot of video games outside of Sonic. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> take um, a random guess. Are you playing something from Arknights, you sicko? <laughs> no, I'm not that sick. It, that is actually Ibuki's theme from Street Fighter V. Hack. Well, I would have had to have played Street Fighter V. Fair. I'd <laughs> see. I thought that was coming. <laughs> Nobody played Street Fighter V. <laughs> At least you're right there. It's not a Sonic song. Yep, so that's another point for you. All right, number seven. I do not think this is from a Sonic game. I am trying to figure out which Konami game I think this is from. Because this sounds a lot like uh, Ryo Nagumo. Well, unfortunately, it is from a Sonic game. It is from the... Curses. It is from the Sega Saturn version of Sonic 3D Blast, Gene Gadget Act 1. Yep. Who composed that? Uh, Richard Jakes, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. No shit. Yep. Hell quite yeah. a few Sonic songs. Yes, also famous for doing the music for Sonic R. That's right. All right, we're on to number eight. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. 
yes, one of the casino stages. Uh, you are correct. It is from a Sonic game. It is the Werehog battle theme from Sonic Unleashed. Excuse me? the song uh. you will hear the most in the whole soundtrack because it plays every time you fight. Fantastic! Yeah, every time you get to a fight, this starts playing and it restarts every single time. Great. It rules. It does. In the isolation. The first couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> After 20 hours of hearing those first six, six or seven notes over and over again, less so. Oh, and having to play as Sonic the Werehog when all you want is more of the pretty good daytime stages. Yeah, it's... It's, a r- it's also another game filled with wonderful music, and then they cover up a good half of it with this song, which, you're, you're right, is not bad on its own. Yeah. Oh. It's all about execution. <laughs> I mean, to really demonstrate it, you would have to play those opening notes a few times over and over. Yeah. Can we do that? Can you just start the song over okay. like seven okay. times? Yeah. Oh no, oh, three enemies, I better kill them. <laughs> okay, you, beat, you beat those three enemies, move on, f- maybe another five, six seconds, and suddenly... <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, is this getting you pumped to fight? <laughs> oh, man. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start gluing fur to my face, I'm going to go out into the street, I'm going to fight the first child I can find. <laughs> Yep, hit him with some really bad uh, God of War combos that yeah, there don't actually do much more damage, so you're better off just using one reliable combo throughout the whole game. Do a, do a sure you can once for flavor. Yeah. Nice. I believe you mean a show hog can. Oh yes, excuse me. Very labored pun. Alright, right. <laughs> number nine. Like, like we said, they got some ska. Is this from Sonic Adventure? Sonic Adventure 2. 2? Two. 2. Yep. That, was, that was latency. I said 2. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely said 2. Definitely said 2. Uh, judges? No, I didn't say 2. Yeah. <laughs> you're, still, you're still getting 8 points, just not a second one. That is Metal Harbor from Sonic Adventure 2. I think I used this as my intro music for one of our panels. It's all about the love of the game right now. Exactly. And those horns are so good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, this this goes. All right, number 10. Has this been in a Sonic game? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I was just waiting to like, are there going to be lyrics? Is it going to be butt rock? Yes. <laughs> didn't need to listen to the lyrics. I didn't need to know that the song was called Live and Learn. As soon as I heard like someone speak, I'm like, yeah. So, this is where this was one of the trick ones. What? Because <laughs> it is it is by it is a song called Sonic Youth by Crush Forty, the band that do, did like a bunch of the theme songs for like Adventure One and Two, but it's never been in a game. 
it's an original Sonic the Hedgehog song. That's incredible. That not That's incredible. Officially been in a game. <laughs> there are actually other Crush 40 songs out there that aren't in Sonic games too, so. Yeah, and it, all the lyrics are like references to other Crush 40 tracks, but it's so. never been in a game, so. All right, well, we are jumping forward to number 11. Wait, wait, nope, there's lyrics. Hang on. <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say no. Well, you should have gone with your gut because the answer is yes. That is the White of Sky from Sonic and the Secret Rings. That's my favorite Sonic game. Yeah, the, 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 Wii, the, Wii was do, the Wii was just putting out some real bangers back in the I, I am not kidding. Sonic and the Secret Rings is my favorite Sonic the Hedgehog video game. Do you want to elaborate on that? I think it was the... Actually, it's written down right here. My favorite Sonic game is Sonic and the Secret Rings. It was one of the very few Sonic games where I feel like I could achieve the idea of speed and fluid motion that I hear the franchise is about. Why didn't we ever see another one like that? Don't answer that, but no. Genuinely, Sonic and the Secret Rings is my favorite Sonic game. Well, they, we did see another one of those. It's called Sonic and the Black Knight. It wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to have to do a an episode on those soon, and we'll have to make it a point to actually replay them. I'm going to have to find my Wii. All... Yeah, or just, just dig yeah, out the Wii guess... that you've never played. Exactly. <laughs> it's around here somewhere. Yeah. We all right. own one. It's in a box. Mine is actually hooked up, mostly because it's homebrewed. Same here. All right. We are moving on to number 12. I don't think so. Do you want to take a guess at what it's from? What were the Zeno RPGs on the PlayStation 2 called? Uh, that was... It wasn't Zeno Gears. It wasn't Zeno Blade. It was Zeno something. Saga. Zeno... Is it Zeno Saga 2? No, it is Frostman Stage from Mega Man 8 on PS1. That was going to be my next guess. Of course it was. <laughs> All right, we're jumping forward to number 13. Why don't you put a vanilla ice song in the tracks? <laughs> yes. No. This is really? the song. This is the song Walk the Walk by Shack Attack. Hell yeah! DJ Diesel! <laughs> Alright, jumping forward to number 14.
yes. Yes? Yes. No. This is, uh... Really? This is Green World from Pac-Man Arrangement. Please make it stop. (laughs) (laughs) That goes. It it does kind of go. Jumping forward to number 15. Yeah, this this gives me a Sonic-y feeling. You want to try and guess where it's from? Is this from Sonic and Knuckles? It is from Sonic and Knuckles. This is Lava Wave. Hell yeah. It has has that Genesis sound. Yeah. Yes. It's got those Sonic 3 and Knuckles drums, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very distinct. All right. Moving on to number 16. I don't think so. I don't think this is from a Sonic game. Well, you are correct. This is Lava Scarves and Red Hot Blarge from Yoshi's Woolly World. The Wii U getting a lot of play today. (laughs) (laughs) About time. We love the Wii U. We love the Wii U. We love the Wii U. All right. Moving on to number 17. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. No. No? Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm going with no. Oh, I am sorry, but that is a Sonic track. That is the Stardust Speedway theme from the Japanese Sonic CD soundtrack. Which kind of samples the previous one that we had yeah. on the list. <laughs> yeah, it takes a few notes from that Shack Attack uh, song we played earlier. They, they sampled a lot of stuff for the Sonic CD soundtrack. All right, jumping on to number 18. No. I don't think so. You want to take a guess where it's from? I'm stalling because I'm trying to figure out what this sound chip is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have a guess. Uh, you are correct. It is not a Sonic song. It is the song Busy Flare from Ristar. And that sound chip is, in fact, the Sega Genesis. Yep. But it's uh, later in the life cycle when they were doing some more interesting stuff with it. Right. Also technically a Sonic Team game, right? Yep. We're coming up on the end, number 19. (laughs) 
my my instinct says that this does not have sonic vibes but i have learned that my instinct is extremely wrong <laughs> but i'm going to say no it actually is from a sonic game this is jungle joyride nighttime from sonic unleashed See, I almost think this one is a little unfair because like we said, even hardcore Sonic fans have only ever heard the first 10 seconds of any of the nighttime stages in Sonic Unleashed <laughs> because then you hear the werehog battle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that one was a particularly mean suggestion from me because I stumbled upon this just like randomly listening to music on uh, YouTube music and this popped up when I was, I guess, listening to Sonic adjacent music. I was like, I like that. And then I found it was from Sonic Unleashed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what, what game is this from? I've never heard it before. <laughs> it, right. it gives me like Ega Castlevania vibes. Yeah, mm. I could definitely see that. Yeah, Sonic Unleashed had a lot of, I think it was at the Tokyo or the London Philharmonic. Like, uh, full Tokyo, string I believe. Or- yeah, full string orchestra for a lot of the music. Very nice. Very good yeah. Uh, all right. And our last one, number 20. so the reaction it got tells me yes you know this song are you committing to yes yeah might as well like if it's not from that it's from revengeance (laughs) i got bad news for you what it is from revengeance (laughs) this is this is monsoon's theme the stains of time Man, I need to replay that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hang on, I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna buy that on Steam right now. I'm also gonna start downloading it on Steam right now to really muck up my quality. <laughs> Hot, I do. You actually did really well. Uh, out of twenty, you got twelve right, plus an extra one, two, three bonus points for being able to identify the source. I was shooting for 50%. I failed. You, no, you topped 50%. <laughs> you overshot. I was shooting that for was the thing. You, exactly you overshot the original goal. 50%. I know. You don't want to end this thing with a passing grade, do you? <laughs> People will think you're a Sonic fan. Perish the My thoughts. reputation is ruined. Yeah, I know we're running a little low on time, so let's, uh, let's get through a couple more of uh, Derek's questions. So I've got three left here. I've been pruning off uh, the junk or stuff that we've kind of touched on. Uh, actually, I've only got two left. I'm trying to decide the order here. The opening to Sonic Mania denies that Sonic 4 even exists. It sure what does. so <laughs> bad yeah. about Sonic 4 it really does. that it was stricken from the record books. Um, I think it's still considered canon. Yeah, it's, it's still canon. Like, we still see some locations from Sonic 4 show up in, like, the comics and stuff. And you can obviously still buy it on Steam or wherever else. Still backwards compatible on Xbox all these things there's a toy set coming out this fall that is the final boss from sonic 4 episode 2 oh that's that's true. right i forgot about the that egg set of all the things to put in it i guess it's because it's round and it fits in but man okay then why does everyone hate sonic 4 so much because it's a bad game <laughs> We're getting into that soon. We're getting into that real soon, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. To put to pull the curtain back, we've already recorded a future episode about replaying Sonic 4 Episode 1. And, and it's, it's literally the next one on the list after this. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a very bad video game, and not just saying that it's like a, oh, in a quirky Sonic, you know, the fandom doesn't know what it was. No, it's just not good, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Like the fact is that Sonic Four just was not a good video game, and people like do not like like people just kind of throw it out do not especially care for it and you know theoretically you could say oh well sonic 4 doesn't like maybe it's not exactly at that point in the timeline maybe they slid things around but really the answer is that people just ignore it because it was not well received and people do not like go back going back to it so it just is one of those things that fell through the cracks Sonic Mania's very existence like nullifies the need for a Sonic 4 to have ever been a thing. So <laughs> they much. might as well say like, play all the good ones and then play this because it's great. Yep. Heck yeah. Let's see here. Um, Yuji Naka has <laughs> experienced a, a rather significant fall from grace as of late. When did he depart the franchise do you think it's gotten better or worse since then? And do you guys have any investing tips? <laughs> uh, oh, well, Rocky, Yuji Naka had a rocky transition to outside of Sonic uh. Team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Yuji Naka left midway through the development cycle of Sonic 06, which is part of the reason why Sonic 06 became Sonic 06. That and lots of factors, but yes. Mm -hmm. I think you can lump Yuji Naka in there with having a bunch of shitty bosses uh, giving out orders for game development. Uh, I think he, he kind of fits into that. Yeah, it's like I, I would say if you had to rule down what happened to Sonic 06 to like three of the biggest factors, it's A, Yuji Naka, who had been kind of spearheading things, leaving mid-development. B, the team getting cut in half so that half of them could work on your favorite game, Secret Rings. Worth it. And C, <laughs> Sega being like, yeah, I know that we have cut your team down. You've experienced all this hard, st all this stuff, but you got to release Holiday 06 no matter what. And D, it was a bad idea to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Yuji Naka, I mean, like all human beings on this wonderful earth, is a complex person. Like, he was obviously a very gifted programmer. Like, I think he deserves all, um, you know, all the warranted credit for those uh, original Sonic games. Um, you know, the weird thing is he gets called, like, Sonic's dad when it was really, like, Naoto Oshima and other designers that, like, came up with sonic the character yeah um but it, it really seems to me and then this is just my opinion based on like what i know and conjecture it seems like once yuji naka like was elevated to the role of like director and producer like things just kind of started falling apart like we we mentioned sonic heroes like he was the one like in charge of sonic team by that time that was the huge transition from first party sega games on their own consoles to third party sega you know putting out stuff on the, the the current consoles at the time and yeah we mentioned the crunch we mentioned how bad it was and like that was on yuji naka he was the boss like he was also a, like a, allegedly pretty famous for like buying sports cars and uh taking lavish business trips so you know if i had to give my uh a limitedly formed opinion i would say he was just a bad boss and like 
maybe should have stayed in the trenches and, and, you know, like with the, the other departments, like just to address the elephant in the room, like just barely avoided jail time because yeah, he left Sonic team made a bunch of mediocre to bad games and then got arrested for insider trading. So <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate because, you know, like I think that he did a lot of really cool things like during that early era, like he's taught people have talked about how, like even when he was not working directly on uh you know some of the later sonic ports he would you know some of the development teams would reach out to him and like get specific technical know-how from him on like how to implement the son the uh spin dash into sonic one that didn't already originally have it like i believe he programmed it for sonic jam and then years later when they did those 3ds ports m2 like called him out to be like hey how do you actually get this to work and he you know walked him through it like he's he's a very skilled programmer, but I think that he also let a lot of the fame get to his head and like made a lot of really poor kind of directive decisions and you know all the insider trading stuff notwithstanding, I think that you know looking at where Sonic was when he left to where Sonic is now, I think it was a long road, but I think that. Sonic is arguably in a better place now than it has been in a very long time. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they seem to be in a good place and that, you know, they're even still, even still without him, they're reaching out to a lot of the old school team to get back involved. Like there's still a fair number of like the original team members, like, uh, Takshiyuda and, you know, Izuka and others still with the team, uh, Kazuyuki Yoshino, they brought back in Naoto Oshima to do some character design for the new Superstars game, stuff like that. And that's great, like, the the other creator of Sonic, the other side, is finally getting, like, the acknowledgement he deserves after all he's done for Sonic. So, good for Naoto Oshima. For as many good contributions as Yuji Naka made to those early years, I think that it was kind of diminishing returns as time went on. It's, It's hard not to think that just... Um, and again, like this happens to a lot of people. It's not just a Yuji Naka thing, but yeah, like you said, like the, 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 the fame and praise just seem to kind of, it's hard not to say like corrupt. Cause like there's, there are lots of stories from that era of correct me if I'm wrong, but was not the, um, Sega of Japan and some higher ups and producers like were shown, um, work from a, God, was it the Sonic Extreme team? I wanted to make sure I got this story right, so I looked it up again. Uh, This is an anecdote that comes from Nick Sobotnik, who was the leader of a development team that were working on a potential Dreamcast launch title. Yuji Naka came to their studio to see their progress and check out the engine they'd come up with. The people from Sega of Japan were allegedly very impressed by their progress, but Yuji Naka turned to them, and being unaware that Nick's team could speak and understand Japanese, began saying that they would acquire the engine, fire everyone except one single engineer that worked on it, and cancel their game outright. So you can imagine that they were not too happy to hear this. This story has been around for a while, but apparently not too long ago, Nick gave a recounting of it on the Retro Hour podcast, and I've put that article in our show notes. 
There's also the scuttlebutt, which to his credit, he has denied that he, Sonic Extreme Team, asked, please, can we use the Knight's engine? Because that would help us out a lot so we don't have to program our own. And Yuji Naka, the hearsay is that he refused because that's his project and nobody else is allowed to use that. And it, it just a lot of small things that we know now because of more details about that era of game development just kind of paint him again, like as kind of an asshole boss. We just, we don't know Yuji Naka as a person, we can't really know his motivations, but it is kind of funny to speculate sometimes, and we do it a lot. (laughs) I I didn't mean to, did I interrupt you, Jake? Did you have something to say about Mr. Naka? Well, I was going to say, as far as uh, investing tips. (laughs) 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 Yeah, do you guys know, like, what what development studio Square Enix is about to buy? I don't, actually. (laughs) I don't know, but when they announce it, I'll be able to tell you which ones they're going to close down in about a year. Taking a page out of the old EA playbook. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, I just have one question left. Please. And I think this can be as easy and short as you would like it to be. If you could recommend one Sonic game to a oh, non-Sonic boy. fan... Uh, mm. what would it be? And to go one further, I will do my best to try to play each of these games. I'm not saying I'll finish them. I'm not saying I'll like them, but I will do my gosh darndest to play uh, each of the games that you recommend. <laughs> if, if you do this, I will see if I can be on stream with you. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So I'm going to make it easier on us because I know that this is a sharp divide for all of us uh, i'm gonna say everybody pick one 2d one 3d because i know those are very oh, different yeah. things yeah oh geez what have i opened myself up to <laughs> uh, okay well i've got my two for 2d sonic mania darn it that's what i was gonna say because yeah, it. <laughs> it's the best it's the best way of playing all the 2d ones it's it condenses them all down the very core concept of them yeah even even if you haven't played a 2d sonic game like this is what they feel like for the most part and sonic mania has got a lot of classic and original levels in there so you're like oh wow i really like this level oh this was from sonic 2 well maybe i'll play sonic 2 next yeah, yeah. in the same way from like when you played generations and saw all those old levels it's you know, it's got kind of the same greatest hits sort of thing going on. Okay, what was your 3D one, Jake? Because you might have taken that one from me, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, as jank as it can be sometimes, I'm going to actually say the first Sonic Adventure, just because, for lack of better words, just vibes, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. If, if, if you take the extra work, and I'm sure Luke would be gracious enough to do it for you, is to set up the... Uh, the mod packs for the Steam version that con- reconverts it to the Dreamcast version and fixes a lot of bugs that were e- in even the original Dreamcast version. Sonic Adventure, you know, over the course of being ported multiple times, it got a lot, it had a lot of issues and changed a lot of stuff. And the fan, the fan community is very dedicated and has made a lot of mods that are, you know, intended to fix a lot of those errors and also bring back a lot of those original Dreamcast aesthetics that were lost in the porting process. So I will, if you do that, I will hook you up. Heck yeah. And don't stress, don't worry about doubling up. If you land on the same game, I think that only speaks to 
how much you feel that a non-Sonic fan should approach these games. Yeah. Mm. I I think mine are, it's a pretty close tie, but I think I'm going to agree with Jake and go with for a 2D game, like Sonic Mania is good to start with, just because it also has a lot of um, modern quality of life improvements as far as like a modern saving system, et cetera, et cetera. I also want to recommend like if you want a true original 2D Sonic game, just Sonic 3 and Knuckles. That's a lot of people's favorites. Yeah. Um, it's mine. For a reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are a lot of versions to choose from. Like there are fan versions that also have like quality of life improvements there's the sonic origins release which has its technical quibbles but as far as someone going in completely without ever playing it before and won't notice like tiny differences or even some larger differences like some different music the origins collection is a good place to start but yeah i think i'm gonna say sonic mania now my 3d one i tried to think of like okay like that's another like sonic stereotype that isn't exactly untrue about like once they hit 3d they get kind of rough and i do agree with jake that sonic adventure 1 is actually a good place to start as far as you know as long as you play the version with the 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 latest fixes and putting yourself in the mindset of oh wow this came out a few years after like mario 64 it was learning to be a 3d platformer um but i think i'm gonna say sonic generations because that was the one that started to reintroduce classic Sonic as a thing that led to, like, getting Sonic Mania. And he plays fairly well in that. But I think the the modern Sonic gameplay in Sonic Generations is still, like, the peak of, oh, they figured out this fast thing. Like, they started it in Unleashed. Um, they, they slowed it down a little bit and refined it in Sonic Colors. And... It's kind of hard to recommend Sonic Colors because I think the ultimate version that's on modern platforms is fine, but should be better as far as like a, you know, a re-release of that game. But yeah, Sonic Generations, it's still available on Steam and PC and I think back back compat on Xbox. And I think it's 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 really fun because like mania, it is a celebration of Sonic in general. And so there's lots of levels that are like, Oh, these are from games you might not have played, but they're really fun in this game. Uh, Generations is the only Sonic game I have played to completion. Yep. Oh yeah. I remember that. (laughs) It took 10 years. (laughs) It took 10 years. I made a bet with Luke. Yep. Yep. It wasn't worth it. (laughs) You, You were having a good time up until the end. I was. Yeah, as most people do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the oh, extra oh, I enjoyed the game, except for the final boss. It was the bet with Luke. Yeah, yeah. About uh, Shenmue 3. <laughs> I wish I wasn't right. And also, <laughs> I wish I wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. I do, yes. I, I should have added that caveat onto there that it unfortunately trips at the the goalpost there <laughs> it, the goalpost literally gets up and flies away like in crisis city yeah. <laughs> and you know those missions aren't very fun but yeah. you don't have to do those <laughs> yeah uh in terms of 3d i'm going to say sonic adventure 2 specifically because that was the onboard for a lot of people because that was the first Sonic console game to show up on a Nintendo system. 
So that's like, that was all the first for a lot of people. And I think is kind of what a lot of people visualize in terms of what Sonic quote unquote should be. So I think that would be a really interesting one to start with since it doesn't rely too much on knowledge of the first one. And if you do come to it after the first one, it's, it's interesting to see what they changed and refined in the uh, transition. Plus it also introduces shadow, which was a big turning point in terms of characterization. Uh, As for 2d games, Sonic 2 is still my favorite of the Genesis games. I think that there's, it's aged a little bit poorly, but I think it is kind of, again, one of those quintessential 2D Sonics that, you know, you go back, you can still have a great time with. Although if you want to get real obscure, play Sonic Pocket Adventure on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Because <laughs> the real ones know about that. I think I have that game. It's a really a good introductory game for new Sonic fans. It, I mean, it's basically a slightly remixed version of Sonic 2. I think I have that. I own a Neo Geo Pocket Color. I know you do. And Capcom Card Fighters, uh, the only game worth playing on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 is also probably the best example of what I was mentioning about how Sonic balances its coolness with its sincerity. And yeah, like I said, that's the version where like Shadow the Hedgehog, this black and red edgy Sonic clone is introduced and you are immediately shown his tragic backstory where his only friend who is this sickly human girl is gunned down in front of him. And then at the end, you know, he and Sonic turn Super Saiyan and save the world from a giant lizard that's that's trying to crash a space station into the earth and it is a hundred percent played straight and is just wonderful in its uh sincerity uh what do i even say at this point you've said a lot of good ones uh <laughs> sonic because i just mentioned sonic mania is really great uh great uh, way of saying that this is the classic game so i can't really change that uh 3d games all 3d sonic games come with asterisks they're like th- this one's great but um, but just to the sake of having a different answer, I will say a lot of people should try playing Sonic Frontiers, the newest one. Hmm. Maybe it's recency bias, but I think like even though it's like a largely different play system, I think it's a nice way of like looking at oh yeah, there's new good Sonic stuff. It's not just about like the nostalgia. And trust me, I love the nostalgia. <laughs> but yeah, like I won't get in it too much because we've been at this for a while, but listen to our four-hour episode of Son- about Sonic Frontiers. If you want to hear why, it's a good new starting point for Sonic the Hedgehog and, in 3 And look forward Definitely. to us doing it again when all that DLC is done. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I guess that pretty much brings us to the end of our episode. Derek, thank you so much for coming back. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Uh, would you like to plug your socials and all that? Absolutely. Uh, You can catch me on Twitch Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon. We just wrapped up uh, Sega's Lost Judgment, uh, also Sega's Last Judgment. (laughs) Uh, So you can find me at twitch.tv slash Universal Derek. That's D-E-R-E-K. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-R-T-E-K. And I have an Instagram account I run with my partner, that chronicles our foster cats. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, and it yes. is Little Jeege, L-I-T-T-L-E-G-E-E-D-G-E. Um, if you like cats, 
you will have a wonderful time. Quack, quack, give me a snack. Quack, quack, give me a snack. <laughs> Derek, would you say that you've learned something about Sonic today? I've learned something about Sonic. I've learned something about friendship. And I've learned something about myself. But while we're plugging socials, uh, you can find me on all the socials at Rock the Jake and on Twitch as Mr. Rock the Jake. You can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. And you can find me around the internet under the name Game Buddies, sometimes with a one, two, three, and on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. And you can find me all across the internet at Valero. That's F A U L E R R O. Love that jingle. <laughs> uh, and as always, special thanks so much to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp, and you can find her on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, please, please, please rate us because we want to spread the podcast around more. We like rating, sharing, all that good stuff. So spread the love. But as for next time, remember how we were talking about how bad Sonic 4 is? Oh, yeah. Well, expect, expect <laughs> us to do it for another couple of hours next time. We're doing Sonic 4 episode one, everyone. It's going to be, it's going to be a Specifically time. Specifically episode one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look forward to that one, everyone. We're so excited. Yeah. But until then, I think that wraps up another wonderful episode of The Hill is Always Greener. I have been Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Falero. And I'm Derek. Hey, I'm curious. Are you any good with rifles? <laughs> Depends on who's asking. <laughs> This has been The Hill is Always Greener, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs>